0: Let's go up together in the Word of God, because that's 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 the part that will change us forever. As we open our Bibles and we go together to John's Gospel, let's go there to John's Gospel, chapter one, and consider a passage of Scripture with me in John's Gospel, chapter one. And uh, I would invite you to look at verse twenty-five and a few that follow. John's Gospel, chapter one. We'll pick up in verse 25. We're actually jumping into part of uh, a message that John the Baptist is preaching. And as we pick up in 25, we see that this is an interactive service where uh, those who had come out to be with John the Baptizer are now drilling him with questions about who he is and what he's doing. It's really impossible for John to give the right answer Because they're not even asking the right question. So we pick up in 25. They ask him saying, why then do you baptize? If you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. John answered them saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he coming after me, who is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. 28 seems anticlimactic to the text. Then verse 29 says, the next day. Would everybody say those words with me? Say the next day. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." Isn't it interesting that that's the flow of this service already? As as Miss Christina, you felt something shift in the worship in this in this atmosphere today as Miss Christina just began to echo. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. And then pastor began to exhort us about the Old Testament lambs. But John looks up and sees Jesus and says, behold, or look at, or comprehend, or take in. This is not a lamb of God. This is the lamb. Lamb of God, and he does not cover your sins for a year. He takes away the sin of the earth. Can somebody give him a shout of praise today? (laughs) Amen. But you notice it happened the next day. We want to deal with for a few moments of your time this morning the decision of the day before, the decision of the day before. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have allowed your Holy Spirit to fill this room. Please let us preach in a way that connects with people, and may they forget who was before them in human flesh, and may you get all of the glory as you change our lives and you do something eternal in this room today in Jesus' name. All of God's people said amen. That was seven of God's people, but we want all of God's people to say amen. 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 You're sounding so much better. The Lord bless your heart. Do you know that you can make a decision today that will change your tomorrow? John knew it. John was, was preaching about a Jesus who the people couldn't even recognize among them, but as he's preaching to them and, and and preparing the way of the Lord, he's stretching their belief capacity within them. He's, he's stretching within them their ability to allow faith to grow and ultimately to bring them to a place of decision. And so when they were at that cultivated place of decision, the Bible says the next day. There was Jesus walking among them. So we're dealing with the decision of the day before. You can decide today to believe. You can decide today to make room in your heart and to trust the goodness of God and to allow God to walk into your heart in such a way that your tomorrow will never be the same. You can make a decision today that will change your tomorrow sometimes we see lives that are forever changed and we witness total transformation. We see it in the word. We see it in history. We see it in our own lives. We witness it in the lives of others around us. We see people who become new creations in Christ. Spiritually dead are raised to life. Drunks and druggards uh, become set free by the power of the blood of the lamb and they're never the same anymore and we celebrate what God did in them and we We see what took place, but what we don't see is the decision of the day before. We see the event, the happening, we celebrate the event that is before us. Wow, look at this changed life. Look at these blind eyes open. Look at this miracle. Look at this person raised back to life from the the dead. And we celebrate the event. But what we don't often see is the decision of the day before. But I want to remind you that there is no event without a decision. The decision gives birth to the event. And so when we celebrate the event, we are actually celebrating the day before when a decision was made, I can't live like this any longer, I can't keep going like this, surely there's got to be something better, and our capacity within us is stretched, and something on the inside says, God is good, God is for me, God's not against me, God's not trying to keep me down, he wants to bless me beyond measure, and we make a decision today, and it changes our tomorrow. The event is the miracle. It's the breakthrough. It's the the healing. And we celebrate it. It's historic. It's memorialized. It's a a very public event. But the decision is quiet. It's personal. It's, It's internal. It's when a dream is born. And you don't hear conception. It's just a room. It's, it's just John preaching. There's, a, there's one among you who's going to change everything. And, and in a room, people begin to believe, believe and, and, and they begin to stretch on the inside. It's in a room where Pastor TJ is, is preaching that someone begins to believe my marriage can be good, my marriage can be thriving. It's in a room where someone begins to believe I can launch this business. Someone begins to believe I can get out of this depression and this despair. It's in a room and it just quietly happens, and we're just in a room where, where something on the inside of us is being stretched, but while we're in this room, and while dreams are being born, and conception of something greater is taking place, when it really shows up is tomorrow when we begin to walk a new walk and talk a new talk, and we celebrate what, has, what God has done, but what we're actually seeing is the decision of the day before. I want you to look with me at three of these decisions today, three decisions and the transformations that followed. First of all, would you consider the decision of deliverance? The decision of deliverance. We could go to Mark 5, and in Mark's gospel, chapter 5, we could read about this, this, this wonderful woman that you've heard about because we always hear about the event, don't we? We could read about this wonderful woman who who had what the Bible calls an issue of blood. It's in the fifth chapter of the book of Mark. And about verse 25, we, we read a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She'd suffered many things from many physicians and spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse when she heard about Jesus. Would you help me with this verse? Faith comes by hearing. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. When she heard about Jesus, she said within herself, when she heard when she heard hey there's a there's a blind eye opener there is a sea walker there, there is hey, there's one who stood at the tomb of four-day dead Lazarus and was not intimidated by death but rather called Lazarus out of the grave. When she heard about Jesus, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and she had heard about the word of God, and her belief capacity within her began to stretch, and so she began to press through the crowd. What was it that she heard, and when did she she hear it? Was it the day before? Was it two days earlier? Was it a week earlier? We, we don't know what it was, but at some point she made a decision of deliverance. At some point she said, that seawalker, that blind eye opener, that one who looses the tongue of the dumb and deaf, if he ever comes to my neighborhood, if he ever comes to my town, see, when you're desperate, you really get tenacious on the inside. And she said, I have spent all that I had. I'm at a place where money's not working for me. The physicians have let me down. And so I know I'm not even supposed to press through crowds, but if he ever comes to my town, I'm going to press through the crowd and I'm going to reach in and grab the hem of his garment because I have nothing to lose. And friends, she made a decision that I can't keep living like this. And before Jesus ever got to her town, she said, I'm. Get my victory if I ever get close enough. I want to remind you today, the people of Cornerstone Church, I want to remind you that God walked into this room this morning. Did you hear what I said? God walked in this room this morning. We were worshiping him, and a shift took place in the atmosphere. And maybe there's someone in this room who's been talking about one of these days I'm going to kick my way out of this depression. One of these days I'm coming out of this addiction. One of these days I'm going to no longer be the victim. I'm going to be the victor. It's time for me to make a decision of deliverance. One of these days if that worship team is ever singing and and worshiping and all of a sudden the whole room turns into an arena of faith, I'm going to make a decision to get my victory. Let me tell you, my friend, today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day to say he's in the midst of this room and I'm pressing in. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to fit in. I'm going to get my deliverance. Today, would you give Jesus a hand that somebody today is making a decision of deliverance? <clears throat> and tomorrow they're going to wake up whistling, tomorrow they're going to go to work happy. Tomorrow they're going to have a new attitude and a new disposition. And somebody's going to say to them about halfway through the morning, don't you know it's Monday? And they'll say, yeah, I know it's Monday, but it's Miracle Monday. Because the day before today, I made a decision that I'm coming out of my stuff and I'm going to walk in victory. I made a decision of deliverance. If we turned a few pages left, and we ended up in Mark's gospel chapter one, we could see the decision of discipleship. Mark's gospel chapter one, if we read 16 and 17, as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Can you imagine Simon and Andrew, in their exciting career of being fishermen, and they've come to a place where they've, they've cast these nets out and they've pulled them back time and time again, and now they're on the shoreline and they're, and they're cleaning them. And, and Simon says to Andrew, what are we doing? How long are we going to do this? And Andrew says, "What? What are you talking about? We're almost done." No, I don't mean. I don't mean this. I mean. I mean this. This whole thing—casting out there, pulling it back in, going to work, getting a paycheck, hoping that somehow life will suddenly become something. I'm casting the net. I'm pulling it back in. I'm getting older. I'm hoping that somehow, sometime, I'll pull something in that's going to change my life. Man, we're going nowhere. How long are we going to do this? And Andrew says, man, I I don't know what you're talking about. This This is just what we do. And he said, I know that's the point. This is just what we do. And Simon Peter says, I'm tired of it. I want my life to count. And that's... That's in every one of our hearts. Simon Peter says, I I don't want to just cast the net and hope that somehow circumstantially we pull in a a prophet and it becomes this. I I want my life to count. Andrew, I'm going to tell you this. I'm so frustrated with this. If, if, If one of those rabbis ever comes walking by and says to me, follow me. I'm just going to leave the net, and I'm going to follow him. And Andrew says, dude, you ain't rabbi material. <laughs> I promise you, you ain't, you ain't rabbi material. In fact, you're a mess. And if any rabbi ever comes by and says to you, follow me, I'll go with you because I'll just want to watch what's about to happen because you ain't cut out for, for ministry, I'll tell you. Can anybody in this room identify with I I I don't even belong here. I I don't. I'm not even supposed to be a church goer. I'm supposed to be on my way to hell. I don't even really belong here. But God came by one day and called me in, and here I am now, set free by the blood of the Lamb. Thank God. So Andrew, Andrew's making this deal with 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 Simon that. It ain't going to happen, but if it ever does, I'll go with you. And the next day, here comes Jesus walking by and looks at these two guys and says, come on, follow me. And now Andrew is thinking, what? What just happened here? And they why? Because of the decision of the day before the decision of the day before. And I want to tell you, body of Christ, we were nobodies. And I know you look good today, man, you look good, but I know this much we were nobodies and we were going nowhere and we were just drawing a paycheck and we were just casting our net and we were saying, I want my life to count. I want to be a part of something greater and something significant, but we didn't know how to get there. And then Jesus came walking by and called us by name and invited us to leave the boat behind and to get on the ship. The ship is called Discipleship and we can get on board. We were on the boat going to nowhere, but now we are on the discipleship and we are a part of something that the world can't even contain. Is the team able to put that picture before us? Can you guys, can you guys do that? I'm, I'm living by faith. Look, there it is. I want you to meet these guys. The first young man right here the tats, the tats all down his left arm that you see, that's happy. Then Cameron. Then Stephen Riley. Then Isaac. Then Logan. And then tats all over his face. He was a part of the Aryan supremacy. Tats all over his face is Devon, And then the other side of Devon is Jeff. Jeff's a former MMA fighter that got all messed up in drugs. And I want to tell you about these guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Six of those seven, a few months or a little more than a year ago, every one of them were strung out, wasted, doing nothing with their lives, just throwing the net and saying, is this it? Is this all we're supposed to be about? Is this what life is? But Jesus came by their life. Jesus came walking by their seashore, and he called them by name and said, come and follow me, and you can leave the boat that's going to nowhere, and you can get on board the ship that is going somewhere. And that picture is each of these guys who have now been saved, sanctified, Uh, two of them are now credentialed within our denomination. They are preachers. Every one of them are serving in ministry. This is our ministry school in Conway. Arkansas, where they're signed up and they're studying and they're learning about the things of God. Why? Because they got out of the boat going to nowhere and they got in the ship that's called discipleship. Amen. On the discipleship, there is fellowship. Can I have an amen? Amen. There is friendship. There is companionship. And we bring him worship because we are on a ship that cannot be stopped. We are now going somewhere in him. The third decision is the decision of determination this morning. The decision of determination. In Mark's gospel chapter 2, Verses, verses one through one through four. He entered Capernaum. He being Jesus, after some days it was heard that he was in the house, and immediately many were gathered together so much that there's not room enough to even receive them, not even near the door. He preached the word to them. They came to him bringing a paralytic, who was carried by four men, and when they could got could not get near him because of the crowd. They uncovered the roof where he was, and they broke through. When they had broken through, they let him down on the bed which the paralytic was laying. Somebody say, the decision of determination. In that house, I can imagine, you know, the mama is hustling around, and, and the paralytic is, is in the other room, and, and, and the four friends come by. And or brothers and relatives that, and they come by, and maybe the conversation goes goes something like this: How, How's he doing today? And Mama says he's doing great. It's incredible. His faith is amazing. Yeah, and 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 the brothers say, Well, I I know every time I'm around him, he he encourages my faith. He he's Mama says he keeps believing. He's He's going to walk again. He's going to run. He, he keeps believe, believing that that's ahead of him. In fact, yesterday he said, if Jesus ever comes to Capernaum, I'm going to go to his meeting, and I'm getting up from here. And When mama said that, the family member's face goes white, and, and she says, what's the matter with you? And he says, Jesus is actually here. He's in town. He's doing a meeting here in Capernaum so they load him up, and they take him, and they rip the roof off, and he gets his healing. Why? Because of the decision of the day before. He made a decision that I'm I'm getting up from here. We celebrate the day of his healing. We celebrate the day of his healing, but we need to think back to the decision of of the day before. It's the decision that gives birth to his healing. It's a decision that always gives birth to the event. And somebody today in this room needs to make a decision of determination that I am not spending the rest of my life on this cot. I'm not spending the rest of my life going nowhere with my life. Can I have a witness today? I refuse to just, I refuse to not be able, I refuse to depend on somebody else's gifts and somebody else's strengths to carry me where I'm going. I today need to take initiative and get up from here and make a decision of determination that I'm going to have a different tomorrow because of the decision that I'm making today. I'm tired of one of these days. I'm tired of depending on this person or that person. My spouse will do this for me. My rich uncle will do this for me. The president will do this for me. Somebody will preach me into my miracle. No, today i got to make a decision of determination and say I'm getting up from here, and tomorrow I'll never be the same because of my decision and the goodness of God. And so he says, if you'll help me tear that roof off today tomorrow I'll come back and help you fix it because tomorrow I'll be a better man. Tomorrow I'll be a better husband. Tomorrow I'll be a better employee. I feel what I'm preaching to you about. Tomorrow I'll be a better mama. Tomorrow I'm going to be better because I'm making some decisions today. I'm not just clapping my hands and singing some songs and setting in a church service. No, while I'm sitting in this church service, something's happening on the inside of me, and I'm making some today decisions so that tomorrow I can live differently, and I praise God that all across this room, quietly and without us being able to see what is actually taking place, lives and destinies are being changed because in this room, decisions are being made that affect destiny. I want to talk to you about one final tomorrow. Can I ask the musicians to return? Would that be okay, Pastor? I want to I talk to you about one final tomorrow. It goes something like this, and it's not necessarily October 2nd. Maybe, but not necessarily. But one of these tomorrows, here's, here's what might happen on, on one of these tomorrows. Everyone in the sanctuary and everyone upstairs. Tomorrow, suddenly, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, gone from this planet, every one of us, every person, gone from from where the factory where you were working, the house where you, every one of us just gone in a moment. It's what the Bible calls us being caught up, raptured, and suddenly we are standing in the presence of God in a moment we're just we evacuate this planet students and and teachers and 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 workers and I, i'm telling you just in a moment we're gone from this planet and we're standing in the presence of God and the air we breathe is different the the things we see are indescribable what we feel is 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 an incredible and immeasurable in in this human body and we're standing there in a moment and we know we have finished our race and we are eternally home. We see colors that we can't even that are indescribable. We hear music and voices of, of angelic being and zoa and created beings that 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 are just that, that we're not even able to describe. And such an immeasurable joy floods over us and comes out of us that we just know we are home eternally. And it happens because of the decision of the day before. Can you make that decision? Romans 10 tells us if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, we can be saved. That's not hard for you, is it? Do you believe, are you with me so far? Can you believe with me that fallen man needed a Savior? Fallen man, I'm with you, preacher. I see it everywhere. He needed a Savior. And God so loved fallen man that he sent him a Savior. And that Savior came in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. You with me so far? How many of you can believe every bit of that so far? Fallen man needed a Savior, and God loved the world so much that he sent his Son, and his Son came. Yes, he was born of a virgin and lived a perfect life. Maybe that's a stretch for some of us. I don't know if I can believe that. I, I don't know where I am in that, but I believe God so loved me that he sent a Savior, and, and he died for me on the cross. you're still with me, just wave at me right there. He died on the cross for me. If you believe that that was God's son, don't you believe that he can kick the door of the grave off of its hinges by the power of the Holy Spirit and be raised the third day? Do you believe that God can raise his son the third day? If you're still with me, wave your hand and that that God right now, that son rose in victory. And is seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us because of his great love for you. And in this room, our capacity has been stretched within us because of the Word of God and faith's rising in us. And everyone in this room can say, I believe. I, I don't know all about eschatology, and I don't know all about hermeneutics, and I don't know all about homiletics. I I don't know everything there is to know yet along the way. And your pastor's still here, and your church is still here, and they can guide you and help you with that. But if you're with me so far that fallen man needed a Savior, and God sent his son, and that son beat death, hell, and the grave, and rose victorious, and he wants to be your Savior today. If you're with me so far, would you stand to your feet? And all over this room and all into the balcony, people are making a decision today. I want to follow Jesus Christ with my life. Is it a good life? Is it a hard life? Is it difficult? Will he abandon me? What does faith look like? What will my friends say? What, what, what does it mean by the fruit of the Spirit? Why do some people speak in tongues? What, what about the rapture? What's going on in the Middle East? All of the other stuff we can figure out along the way. But today we just need a room full of people to make a decision today so that tomorrow we're ready. Father, all over this room, meet these precious people right where they are. Some of them have been serving you for decades. Some are making a decision today. Some are not sure. Some are fully convinced. Meet my brother, meet my sister right where they are today and do a life-changing work in us that changes our tomorrow. Move in, Holy Spirit. Move in, Holy Spirit, and drive out doubt, drive out fear, drive out anxiety, drive out pride, drive out trying to fit in in this crowd and in that crowd, and just take up residence, raise up an arm me in this house today, God, and tomorrow let us march through our world resounding the anthem that we are one of them because of the decision that we made today. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord this morning and just give him praise? Come on, let's take a moment. Yes. Yes. telling you, if I were the devil in Bedford, Texas and I saw every one of you mind made up and your spirit fully convinced to follow Jesus Christ I'd move to the next town over I'd say these folks have got their minds made up and they're going on for Jesus and they are an army that cannot be stopped come on one more time the one who shed his blood for you and made you a king and a priest unto God start your October giving him praise in the house of the Lord pastor would you come just now.